Anyone claiming that America's economy is in decline is peddling fiction. I've abandoned free market principles to save the free market system. But we have to pass the bill so that you can uh, find out what is in it. Raising the debt ceiling does not increase our debt. It does not somehow promote profligacy. I know words. I have the best words. Nobody knows the system better than me, which is why I alone can fix it. That's right, everybody. We are back with a brand new episode of Paddling Fiction. I am your host, the voice and soul of so-called fiction. Some may refer to as Johnny the Gentile Profita. I am flying solo today. And for all you listeners out there not familiar with the show, I talk about politics, current events, and sometimes economics with an eye toward freedom liberty, individual rights, and general agreed-upon libertarian principles. And what I want to talk about today is this idea of government. What is government? Does it really exist? Does it have legitimacy to rule over us? Because so much, so much of government, so much of politics, we just take as a given. We don't question it. We don't question the authority. We don't question the legitimacy. You know, we have these ideas basically drilled into our mind from from kindergarten and preschool on through college, right? And it, even in everyday society outside of the school system, all of these ideas are reinforced without many people ever questioning the the very foundation of where these ideas came from. But what if I were to tell you that government isn't real? It 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 doesn't exist that it's just a figment of our imagination, that their perceived legitimacy and authority to rule over us is not and never will be real. Yes, of course, you know, we have politicians. They are very real. And we have all of Washington, D.C. is very real. You know, it's tangible. You can touch it. The force that government exercises over a population on any given day is very real for those people that are <laughs> suffering at the hands of it. But government is just an idea. It's something that people came up with. It doesn't actually exist. We put a bunch of people in a building, and we give them special uniforms, and then we say that they have these special powers over us. Okay? But government is nothing more than the exercise of authority over a group of people or a territory. They, they believe that they have the right to rule, meaning that it's not just that they have the ability to control other people, but that they're, they have some legitimacy to rule over. They, they possess a legitimate authority to rule over other people. And, you know, we use this term government to give this group of people that are exercising this perceived authority over us some sort of legitimacy. And all the titles that we give representatives of government, you know, congressmen, judges, the Supreme Court, 
legislation, all this stuff, you know, all these terms that we use, all they do is serve to reinforce this this legitimacy of government. And it is this perceived legitimacy, it, it is the only thing that is separating the mafia from government. If you own like a shop or something like that and somebody comes in, points a gun at you and demands that you pay tribute to them because they... Um, fix the roads out in front of your store, even though you never asked them to, you, you would think that they were crazy. You, you would not feel obligated to pay them any money. But when a government representative does it, you, most people uh, willingly pay, happily pay. They're, there's a sense of pride there. And the only difference between that shakedown is the fact that the mafia the gang of bandits doesn't have a perceived legitimacy to rule over others, whereas government does, okay? And, and this idea of government, it's an idea just like religion is an idea. And in order to, inf- to reinforce this abstract idea that is government, they've adopted all the exact same structures of a religion. They use the exact same attributes and tactics all the various religions use to push their beliefs. Belief in government is purely faith-based. It's a purely faith-based indoctrination. They've essentially replaced God with the state. I mean, think about it. Government is somehow above and beyond the human condition. It is, in, in effect, superhuman, right? Those that make up the government have rights that us mere mortals don't possess. And they aren't restricted by, or they don't have to obey the same rules that apply to us mortals, right? They are above the law. They are basically special deities. Government issues commandments for us mortals to obey. And if we don't, if we exercise our own judgment or we think for ourselves, we act according to our own beliefs, we defy our gods in Washington, we are sinners and we deserve to be punished. You know, we have this, we also have this faith in these bizarre rituals and holy, sacred sacraments that the government uh, partakes in, you know, that they never question, we never question them, we just accept it as necessary, as proper and legitimate. You know, we hold these sacred elections and we have appointments of our high priests, uh, legislative processes, the judicial process, we pledge allegiance to the flag. We sing our national anthem with our hand over our heart. And we have the holy grail of democracy, right? This thing that's above reproach, democracy. Government officials, you know, they wear uniforms, outfits, they have badges, robes. And, and this, this projects an aura of authority, you know, of, of superiority, that they're above us, that they're legitimate. They issue commandments. Of course, we call them laws. They demand tribute. We call them taxes. If you disobey their commandments, you are a sinner and therefore need to be punished. They have heresy. If you don't believe in the legitimacy of government or its agenda, think about climate change, right? You're a climate change denier. You're a heretic. They have blasphemy. No doubt what you're listening to right now is blasphemous. You have to ask permission to do just about anything. You have to ask for forgiveness if you screw up. You have to pay your debt to society or repent. 
you know, but instead of saying three Hail Marys and four Our Fathers, you render unto Caesar what is Caesar's. You know, you pay a fine. You swear allegiance to the Lord our God, the state. And, of course, you know, our high priests, they, they give us rituals and directions on, on how we're supposed to pledge our allegiance or pray to the state. And if you do all that, if you follow the rules of God, you will be protected and saved from all the dangers of life. You will avoid eternal damnation. And if you don't, well, you'll, you'll be excommunicated from the church. And, and think about the structure of everything. You know, we have the, the high priests and all these various levels of representatives of God throughout the system, right? The president, the vice president, the speaker of the house, the Supreme Court, all the way down to the lowly levels of local politicians and police officers that carry out the, the laws, the commandments, I beg your pardon. They perform rituals in accordance with the documents, we have our holy scriptures and our founding you know, our founding documents are like the bible you know constitution the bill of rights these are this is holy holy scripture and and they perform these rituals in accordance with these documents and of course there's all this pomp and circumstance to go along with it because it's much easier to get people to believe in your bullshit if you have big impressive marble buildings with giant pillars and statues and monuments. It, it looks more official and more important if you dress up in weird outfits and have music playing and stained glass windows and all these statues and busts of, of past important historical figures who are, of course, above reproach. You know? And as long as we follow some sort of sacred process that, lend, that lends legitimacy to, to, you, to their rule. As long as there is a perceived process to the way they do things, it makes it seem to us mere mortals that they not only know what they're doing, but what they are doing is right, is just, and is legitimate. And if they follow the rituals properly, you know, we pass this commandment from one house to the other, and then the high priest signs it, and it's added into the Holy Scripture, then it's somehow okay. And they take you from a young age and they teach you the ways of the religion. They indoctrinate you with the belief system, with the rituals, the processes, the holy sacraments. They show you how great and powerful the government is. And they'll always talk with such reverence for its past rulers. You know, they have to be respected. You can't say anything bad about George Washington or Thomas Jefferson or FDR, Abraham Lincoln. And if you don't believe me, that this is a religion. If you are you having trouble seeing the um, the correlation, question the role of government. Question the legitimacy of its holy sacraments of elections. Question the legitimacy of its pious figureheads in Congress and the President, Supreme Court. Question the legitimacy of its founding documents or its settled scripture. They like to call it settled science, like global warming or climate change. You know. And they always have apocalyptic outcomes. If you don't follow, if you go against the settled scripture, if you don't follow the righteous path, there will be apocalyptic disasters. You know, Go ahead and question all that stuff and look at the reactions you get. Look at the reactions you get from the true believers, the followers of the, of the religion of the state. They get furious, furious, and emotional and defensive. They'll throw temper tantrums 
We saw this when Trump got elected. <laughs> the TDS. Because they didn't come to these beliefs through logic or through reason or evidence. They've had a set of beliefs drilled into them since childhood. It's a blind faith. It, it, it's a faith in, in a belief system that's just been handed down from previous generations. Nobody questions that there's just this authority, this thing called government, and they must be obeyed. It is your duty as a citizen, as a follower, to not to question authority, but to obey it. And how do they get this authority to rule over us? Well, they claim that their legitimacy comes from us, right? The mortals that they rule over somehow have, have come together and delegated certain powers to rule over them. But these are powers that we never actually had ourselves. You know, that, that, that's, another, that's one reason why government can never be legitimate. If I don't have the right to do something, I cannot delegate that right to somebody else. All right? I don't have the right to tax people. If I don't have the right to tax people and you don't have the right to tax people, how can we delegate that right to a higher power? We never had it in the first place. And just because we got together and we formed some group doesn't change that fact. You know, they're going to claim that they claim that there are representatives. They 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 aren't our representatives for a number of reasons, not the least of which is the fact that your representative cannot possess more rights and powers than you do by definition. You know, some people got together and wrote down some ideas on a piece of paper that became our, our Constitution, our Bible. You know, uh, they pass all these laws and regulations and procedures for the holy, the holy sacraments and rituals, the Bill of Rights. Just because some group of people did that a couple hundred years ago, that doesn't bind us to anything. We never consented to this. They'll claim that they have, you know, the consent of the governed, which in and of itself, the cons consent of the governed is a, is a contradiction. There are two types of relationships. You either have one based on mutual agreement between two parties. That would be consensual. Th that is consent. That's a consensual relationship. And then you have another one that's based on coercion with one person enforcing his will on the other. That is governing. These two relationships are mutually exclusive. If there is mutual consent, it is not governing. And if there is governing, there is no consent. And it is insane, absolutely insane, to believe, as most people do, this day and age, unfortunately, in this concept of democracy, you know, one of the, ho the holy sacraments of the government religion. The idea that the majority of people can give consent on the behalf of the minority. That, that is not the consent of the governed. That is a perversion of the word consent. Like government always does with words. I know I talk about this all the time. It seems like every episode I, I end up coming back to an example of some word that they've perverted the meaning of. You know, they change the meaning of these words and they misuse them constantly to obfuscate the, the true nature of their relationship with us. I can't give my consent for you to be enslaved. All that is is forcibly controlling the minority with the consent of a third party who had no business giving their consent in the first place. Anyway, I mean, they go even further with all these bullshit claims of consent. And I, I can't go 
into all of it right now. I don't have time. It's very, um, if you want a more in-depth look at, at consent of the governed or implied consent, you can check out my episode on the social contract. But the bottom line is, the bottom line is that we have one group of people who rule and one group of people who are ruled. The one with the right to rule, those are the masters, and the ones with the obligation to obey said rules, those are the slaves. Okay, They do not re- represent the will of the people any more than a slave owner carries out the will of his slaves. The only way for a ruler to represent the will of the people is to stop ruling over them, to abdicate his throne. But this is what we're all taught to believe that they have the consent of the governed, that we are the government, the government is us, all for one and one for all, we the people. It all sounds great, but it's all a bunch of bullshit. It doesn't hold up to any logical, any logical analysis. And nobody ever questions this. We just take it. You know, it's just, it, to question it is heresy. And not, not only are we taught to believe it, People believe it so vehemently that they're ready to go on crusades for their gods and their beliefs. You know, we we call that war. They want to spread their holy sacraments and scripture throughout the world. You know, make the world safe for democracy. We have an antichrist or the devil. You know, we are good. They are evil. We need to punish them, rid the world of terrorism. And of course, what is the fundamental, what is fundamentally virtuous? In the, the religion of government, well, that is obedience to authority, right? Which is what makes it the most dangerous religion of all time. Obedience to authority. Blind obedience to authority. Do not question, do not question the, the divinity of the state. Do not question their rules or their laws or, or any of their ideas. You just you follow orders, right? That's what, that's what they consider virtuous. In every aspect of society, this message is drilled into people's heads. It's drilled into students' minds year after year, day after day, that, that the measure of their virtue is how well they obey authority, how well you fall in line, you know, memorization, following instructions, respecting authority. Do what you're told, you get rewarded, disobey, and you get punished, right? And it's this belief in authority that leads people who would otherwise be good, who would never in a million years think that they had the right to abuse other people, to kill other people, to rob from other people, to harass other people, to kidnap other people. This belief in authority and this, this religion that is the state causes people who would never imagine they had the ability to do those things to commit unspeakable atrocities as a representative of the religion. Think about police, right? Part of the reason they feel like they can beat the shit out of you and shoot your dog is because they possess the right to do those things that you don't have the right to do because they are representing God, the God of government. You know, they have their they put their uniform on, and their shiny badge, and all of a sudden all the morality that applies to the rest of us doesn't apply to them because they represent the religion. The only reason they do what they do is because they believe in this authority and that the laws that the authority passes gives them some sort of exemption from what is morally right. 
you know, you'll hear these excuses all the time. You know, hey, I don't make the laws. I just enforce them, right? Or I was just following orders. You know, the Nuremberg defense. Can't blame me for what I'm doing because I'm doing it on behalf of the government. It's a very convenient way for us to absolve ourselves of personal responsibility. But in a sense, they've been given permission to ignore their conscience. You don't have to feel bad about locking up nonviolent people for possessing a, a plant that you don't like or, or putting people, uh, people in cages for victimless crimes that they've allegedly committed because the law our, of our holy documents says it's okay. Not only is it okay for you to do that, but it's noble. It's revered. You should be worshipped as part of the church. You know, Think of how many times politicians get up there and praise the police, praise the military. Things that would be horribly immoral if you and I did them are suddenly okay if the government does it. And it is this obedience to authority, right? this blind obedience to authority and obedience seen as a virtue, which is what makes the religion of the state such a dangerous idea. Think back to when Donald Trump was elected. All of you um, never-Trumpers and, and your Trump derangement syndrome, what are you afraid of? What were you really afraid of? You're not afraid of Donald Trump. He's just a, a big orange cartoon with a bad toupee. The day before he was elected, he was just a real estate mogul, right? No control over your life, no power over you whatsoever. But the second he gets, he gets elected... He gets control over the, over the religion. He can pass commandments over you. He's got control over your life. That's what you're afraid of. You're not afraid of the Donald Trumps of the world. You're afraid of the, the thousands or millions of people that will carry out his, his will on the rest of us. You get one nasty psychopath at the top of this, of this religion that can exploit this authority to get all the followers to do horrible things. You know, Hitler's just... Hitler was just some psycho with a goofy mustache, if not for this religious belief in authority. The problem isn't that you know bad people believe in authority. It's that there, there are good people who do. That's the problem. That and their blind faith to the legitimacy and supreme rule of government causes them to do unspeakable things. Uh, how many out of you out there are familiar with um, uh, uh, the Milgram experiments? These were the um, the psychology tests that he performed to to test the to see what degree normal he could get normal people to inflict pain up until the the point of death on innocent strangers based solely on the fact that a perceived authority told them what to do and the results were astounding it was something like sixty some odd percent of people. Would would be shocking these patients? You know, they they'd electrocute the 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 patients, or at least they thought they were electrocuting them. It was all it was all staged, but the person was screaming and begging for them to stop, and the authority figure would continue to tell them to do it. And the dial, you know, the dials were clearly marked. You know, like this is really dangerous voltage. This will kill them, kind of thing. And over sixty percent of the people would keep turning that dial, would keep electrocuting that person, and even though they knew that it was wrong. They um they monitored the the emotional uh, brain waves or whatever that were going through these people's heads, and you you could tell that they did not want to do it. That they weren't necessarily evil people or bad people, hell bent on torturing 
these poor innocent people that they've never met. It's just that they had this blind allegiance to this authority. You know, most people get very uncomfortable when you when you question authority or when you go against the grain. But th- this is why this is at the heart of why I am an anarchist. It's not that I have this naive belief in the virtuous nature of mankind that the world is chocked full of Mother Teresa's. It's the exact opposite. I have little faith in man. I realize that we are fallible creatures. That's why I don't want to take a bunch of fallible people, especially the ones with the hubris to think that they can rule over 300 million people and give them carte blanche to violently rule over everyone else with immunity. The idea that we can take the most untrustworthy people among us and most, the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people who believe in this system, who, who support this idea of government, they will readily admit that the system is rife with corruption and, and potential abuse. Yet these same people don't seem to have any qualms about the idea of taking the most, and especially politicians, ask people what they think of, of Congress. You know, they have the lowest, they have a lower approval rating than uh, like terrorists, <laughs> used car salesmen, you know. But the idea that we can take the most untrustworthy people among us, give them permission to violently control us all, to steal from us, to kidnap us, kill us, to kill others on our behalf, and that will somehow protect us from the individuals who might try and do the same things, absolutely insane. Think about it. People know full well that politicians are the most corrupt, despicable liars on the face of the earth, and that the system that we have in place has the potential for unbelievable abuses. But they still think that it can be corralled and used for some force of good. This is utterly irrational. The thinking goes, you know, people are bad, and cannot be trusted to not abuse others. So let's create a special group of people who will have unlimited authority over the rest of us to protect us from all those bad people who we don't trust. And we'll all just trust that this special group of people won't abuse us in the process. You know, that would be great if this special group of rulers weren't people themselves. You know, if, they, if we could somehow find some special unicorns to rule over us. But this is a purely faith-based belief that people only hold as a result of some cult-like indoctrination that we've been undergoing since preschool. There is no evidence to support this will work, and in fact we have a vast amount of data to the contrary, that governments will always be corrupt, that they will always be abusive, far more abusive than any individual can be or a small group of bandits. You know, think of how insane that is. You've, you've created the exact scenario that you were attempting to avoid by, create, by bestowing the power onto government in the first place, except that now it's guaranteed to happen. There's not the potential for theft and coercion with government. We're stolen from on a daily basis, in perpetuity. Millions of people are thrown in cages for practically nothing. You know How, how much money has been stolen from you from private individuals? Versus how much money has been taken from you from representatives of the religion of the state? How many people have been killed by private individuals versus that of the state? By people acting on the behalf of authority? Even people killed by their own government dwarfs the number of people killed by, gov- by foreign governments. In the last century alone, 
there were something like 270 million people killed by their own governments, not including war. It's not counting war. And it's not just a matter of getting the right, the right people into government, the right pope to rule over the church, the right high priest. You know, this is not a partisan issue. This is not a left and right thing. Despite what you've been told, government is not some necessary evil. This thing that, you know, it's overall, it's a good idea that occasionally goes bad or that this system, you know, this is a system that just needs a little tweaking and a little uh, tweak it this way a little bit, tweak it that way a little bit to perfect it. That if we just vote in the right people, that'll somehow fix things. It's broken and morally bankrupt at its core. The only difference between, as I said before, between the mafia and the government is this perception that they have a legitimacy to rule over others. If you take that away, if you get rid of this, if you realize that they do not have a a legitimate claim to rule over us, once you take that away, all you are left with is the mafia. That's it. And that's all the government is, is a band of thugs shaking you down, but pretending to be this noble organization for the advancement of mankind. And if you can free your mind from this state control, if you can see through all the bullshit propaganda that they've bombarded you with, you will finally see the state for what it really is. You know, we have this tendency to attribute all these wonderful things we like to being government. You know, like um, like people coming together collectively to provide defense or to build the roads or to settle disputes. Those are all things that we like, we, we want to have done, right? And we call that government. But that's not government. Government is force, okay? The voluntary cooperation of a group of people to achieve a common goal or some mutually beneficial agreement is not government. They aren't imagining to have the right to rule over others. And without this belief in the religion of the state, in this perceived authority of government, no amount of cooperation or voluntarism would ever become government. It would just simply be voluntary cooperation. That's it. And like I said, it's not a matter of, you know, it's not a partisan issue. It's not a matter of the size of government. It's that government isn't real. It is illegitimate at its core. The left and right both have their versions of this religion. It's like having Catholics and Episcopalians, all right? And they like to get us to argue, you know, we can differ on some of the the minute details of the religion, you know, just how like how Catholics aren't allowed to, to take birth control, but Episcopalians are. And we can fight tooth and nail over what they have deemed the acceptable range of topics, but the overarching theme is the same. And that is that government is God, government is legitimate, and we must never question the legitimacy of our rulers. As long as you are willing to seed that notion, to start the debate with not whether or not we should have government, not whether or not taxation is legitimate, or that we should have an income tax at all, as long as you seed that, you can argue till you're blue in the face as to whether or not you know, we should be taxed at 40% or 20% or 15% or corporations should be taxed at 35%. You can, you can argue over foreign policy, which wars we should wage, which wars we shouldn't wage. Not that we shouldn't be waging any war at all, 
It's what the great Tom Woods refers to as the three by five index card of allowable opinion. As long as you stay on that, as long as you don't deviate from acceptable opinion, you can you can fight tooth and nail over the tiny spectrum of ideas that they've allowed you to have. But really, you know, whether it's a limited government or a full scale authoritarian government, these are just all that is is the the spectrum of the mistake, as Larkin Rose likes to say. Um, that that's just the spectrum of the mistake. Government is the mistake. This idea that there's a a legitimate ruling class is the mistake. So no matter how much you have or how little you have, you're still making the same mistake. The question you should be asking yourself is: Can we have? Can there ever be a legitimate ruling class? And the answer is no. You know, we have this hubris as human beings, this belief that we are enlightened and so much smarter than everyone else that came before us, when in reality, the vast majority of us just believe in things because a lot of other people believe in them. We fall victim to popular misconceptions because, well, (laughs) they're popular and everyone else is doing it. We never question these things that everyone believes. Because it's uncomfortable to do so. No matter how ridiculous the belief system is or how illogical the belief, it never seems crazy to those people that believe in it. And the more of them that there are, the more perceived legitimacy there is to that belief. You know, it was not that long ago that everyone on everyone knew that the earth was flat or that the earth was the center of the universe or that in order to ensure that the sun would rise in the morning, we had to make some sacrifices to appease the gods. And now we look back on those people who believed in all that nonsense and think to ourselves, well, how could they be so stupid, so superstitious? You know, or the people that believe in that believed in divine monarchies, that the king was was a was an extension of God. You know, how could they be so stupid? Yet these are the same people who 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 are praising democracy. And at least in some of those historical cases, they didn't have the technology to prove otherwise. It was hard to tell that the Earth wasn't the center of the universe. We have a vast amount of data, thousands of years of history, proving just how devastating any form of government will be. We've tried all sorts of tweaks and adjustments with disastrous results. We've been promised everything under the sun, year after year, election after election, only to never have any of it come to fruition. You know, how's that wall looking for all you, all you Trump supporters out there? Get a nice wall and uh, all those wars that Obama was going to end? Yeah. Oh, yeah, still going on. And we tacked on a couple more, right? Yet we still believe in this religion of the government. We see ourselves as these enlightened individuals. We're, we're smarter, we're wiser than all those people before us. What we don't realize is that every generation believes that. If we were truly wise, we were really the wiser ones, we would be able to break free from this irrational belief in the religion of the state. And that is not to say that religion is a bad thing per se. The problem is, with government as a religion, all that you're worshiping is pure evil. The monopolized use of force. It's control. What's virtuous according to government religion is nothing more than obedience. An appeal and submission to authority. That's all. 
You know, it's like being in a cult. It, people in a cult don't realize that they're in a cult. Yeah, you know? and it's like trying to it, it's like trying to explain to a fish that they that he's in water. They have to be shown. And as soon as as soon as you 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 show people how ridiculous this belief system is, you get met with all sorts of hypotheticals and questions. Well, how would we do this and how would we do that without government? Without government, who would build the roads? Without government, who would take care of the poor and the sick? and the elderly. Without government, who would provide for national defense? But if you start looking at government properly and seeing it for, for the farce that it is, and, and that it's merely this perceived legitimacy of a group of people to exercise violent control over others, think about what you're asking. It's like, well, without that group of people being able to violently control us, who will build the roads? Or without a group of people who can violently force us to organize society the way they see fit, who will take care of the poor? When you ask the question like that, you kind of see how absurd of, a, of, a, of an ask that it is. Look, I, you know, I'm not going to pretend I can tell you exactly how society would shake out. But that's exactly the point. No one man or group of people knows how to organize society for hundreds of millions of people, right? All I can tell you is that the only thing that disappears when government goes away is the group of people that have been granted a special right, a monopoly on the use of force over a given people or territory. That's it. People don't go away. Our production doesn't go away. Our resources don't magically disappear. Our knowledge on how to build and make things doesn't vanish. All that vanishes is this toxic idea that there is this legitimate authority that can boss us around. All the supposedly good things that government is currently doing, that government is currently presiding over, that you want to be done, the building of the roads, the providing for the sick and the poor and the elderly, a defense, a judicial system, that, will, that can and will still exist in some way, shape, or form because people will still exist and people want those things. They'll just have to be funded voluntarily, okay? And you can break off into any group that you want and do anything that tickles your fancy. Do whatever you want. You just can't initiate force against a, a peaceful group of people. Remember, government is a parasite, okay? They have no money or resources of their own. All they can do is take from us and give to others after they've lined their own pockets. One out of every $5 the government steals from you goes towards its purported project. The rest is sucked up in the bureaucracy. The system we have now, where the government forces you to give a portion of your income to, to their almighty God, and they use it for all sorts of things, a lot of stuff the vast majority of people find morally repugnant, but you have no say in where the money is spent, and in doing so they waste something like 80% of it, that's the system we have now. Even if you're not convinced that it's that this system is horribly immoral and unjust, you have to at least admit that it's incredibly inefficient. And I can go through just exactly why that is. And it's, it's not just that we, we don't have the right people in office. It's an inherent flaw in the system of government. That will have to be a topic of another podcast. But all right, private charities, I know, although they will not be the only solution to a lot of these problems, is a far better method a far better way of helping the poor. And if you're one of those people, 
they seem to have been multiplying. If you're one of those people that's clamoring for the government to give you free stuff, free college, free health care, you know, free this, free that, listen to me carefully when I say this. You are the one paying for it. Whatever it is, whatever they are promising you, you are the one paying for it. You're just paying much more for it than you would be absent government intervention because government has no money of its own, okay? It, all they can do is take from you, take a cut for themselves, and then give you back a portion of what they took. It's like trying to give yourself a blood transfusion from your left arm to your right arm, but you spill half the blood on the floor. All they are doing when they are promising you free stuff is reaching into your pocket, pulling out a bunch of dollar bills, and then dropping some change into your right pocket. And then they get up on their fucking podiums and say, see, if it weren't for us, you wouldn't have any change in your pocket. Yeah. Yeah, I'd have dollar bills in my other pocket. That's what would happen. You know, I don't, I don't, expect, to, I don't expect to be able to undo decades of indoctrination in, in just one podcast episode. But what I do want, what I want you to start doing is to just take a step back and question, really question everything you've been taught to believe about the role of government, about how to organize society, about taxation, to be skeptical of what 90% of people around you vehemently believe in and to go against that grain, to put yourself out there and risk being ostracized by society, to break from that comforting mold that you've been formed into is difficult. I get it. It's uncomfortable. You may have to come to terms with a lot of scary things, some intense self-reflection and complex ideas because freedom is scary. Okay? Most people don't really want it. They prefer the comfort and the false sense of security that believing in a religion provides them. And any, anyone who has, who has freed their mind from state control has begun this journey. Some are farther along than others, but we all started out worshiping the same false prophets that you are currently revering. So you can know that you're not alone, but also know that these ideas, this brief, like I've only scratched the surface here to just sort of um, whet your appetite for more, but these ideas, they're too important to keep your head buried in the sand, to whistle past the graveyard, or to fiddle while Rome burns. And this is why I am here, peddling the so-called fiction, okay? The heresy, according to your, your wise overlords in Washington, to show you that there is a better way, to show you that there are better ideas, and to destroy the propaganda that has been blinding all of you from the truth, okay? Take a step back from all the political and cultural bullshit you currently believe in and start asking yourself some tough questions. You don't have to fret over every political and cultural issue and some pathetic attempt to justify your team's official position. You don't have to go through all this mental gymnastics. You can, it's okay to expose yourself to new ideas. They're actually not that new. <laughs> but everything that, that's old is new again, right? These ideas of, of the principles of non-aggression, of self-ownership, individual rights... Take a step back from the, the collectivist nonsense. The siren song of collectivism, while tempting, is inherently extremely destructive. Okay? So get off that path that you're on. 
You've, you've already taken the first step just by listening to this episode. Let's get off that path because I've been on it. I've studied it. I've seen where it leads. You got to get off it now. All right. And take that step, the vital first step toward freedom. And I, I realize I'm asking for a lot. It takes a lot for people who have been indoctrinated into a faith to start thinking about things differently, blasphemous things, to remove the wool that's been pulled over your eyes, to go against authority, to look at everything that you thought you knew and question it, to look at everything that you've been taught, what everybody tells you you should be believing, and re-examine it with an open mind. It's not easy, and it may be a long journey. But if you can do that, if you can take this, this leap of faith, you can take that red pill. It's a journey that will not only change your life, but bring clarity to your existence. And if you keep listening, keep sharing and supporting the show, I'll keep coming back to help you along the way. And until next time, just remember to keep on peddling that so-called fiction. Peace.